You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll explore the connection between faith and obedient action. We can't see breakthrough in our lives until we act on what God has said to us. Let's get started. In 1 Chronicles chapter 14, beginning at verse 8, and and we're going to spend a little bit of time in that tonight. It says this, it says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him, but David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord answered him, go, I will deliver them into your hands. Now, the story that unfolds in 1 Chronicles 14 with David is a great picture, even a great recipe of how God provides real and lasting breakthrough. And so I want you to look at this closely with me tonight because it shows us what is needed, not only in the life of David, but in our own lives when we want to hear from God for breakthrough. David has finally been anointed as king over the entire nation of Israel. David had three separate anointings, and so Uh, It was a process, just like it is in our own life, for him to finally become king over the entire nation of Israel. And as soon as that happens, the Bible says that the Philistines came after him. And there's even a lesson here in that. Sometimes, right after great things happen in your life, the enemy will will try to attack in a greater way. Uh, But there's no need for you to be afraid, because as I have taught, and taught and taught, we are victorious. Amen. We believe in a, in a big Jesus and a really small uh, enemy because he was dealt with by what Jesus accomplished on the cross. But here's the first thing that I want you to understand tonight if we're going to hear from God for breakthrough. Number one, it requires faith. Number one, it requires faith. It requires faith. Look at this. As soon as David heard that the Philistines were coming after him, Notice what he did. He talked to God. He asked to hear God's voice on the matter. And notice the relational connection. The Bible tells us very clearly that David was a man after God's own heart. David is not aloof. David um, has not just been doing his own thing. David's been walking with God. He's been communing with God on a consistent basis. When this happens and he needs an immediate answer and an immediate breakthrough, it's normal for him to just continue a conversation that he's already been having. And so he goes to God and he needs God's voice on the matter. This is why the first key to hearing from God for breakthrough is faith. And let me explain this to you. Look at Romans 10 and verse 17. It says, so then faith come by hearing But how does hearing come? And hearing by the Word of God. Now, we spent a lot of time throughout this series talking about the importance of the revealed Word of God, talking about the Scriptures, all 66 books in the Bible that we have. And so likewise, I've also shared how your daily time with God and reading the Word ought to be a part of just the rhythm of your life. But in addition to doing that consistently, there will be situations, there will be times when you go through things and maybe the Bible doesn't specifically, right off the bat to your knowledge, speak to or address what you're going through. So what do we do? We seek God for his direction. 
And what God will do is that sometimes, particularly if you've been spending daily time in his word, when God speaks, sometimes what he'll do is he will bring a particular scripture to mind. Maybe he will give through Holy Spirit, whose responsibility is to guide us into all truth, a revelation or an understanding of a scripture that we read and how it applies to our life. But then sometimes what God will do is he will speak to our hearts through Holy Spirit and and nudge us in a particular direction. For example, I, I heard the story recently about a man who got a call in the middle of the night that his best friend and uh, his wife, they were going into labor. It was maybe three in the morning and he got the call and wanted to be there for his friend and, and uh, you know, their wife. And so he hopped up out of bed and was trying to get his stuff together and he was going to go to the hospital and, and hopefully be there for the birth of the baby and then go on to work. And so he was trying to get dressed, and then he started thinking about, well, which car should I drive? Because he had a a company car, and then he had his personal vehicle. And he was trying to get dressed and trying not to disturb his wife and his kids. And Holy Spirit nudged him and just said, why don't you ask God which car you ought to drive? And so just in in that quick moment, he just quickly said, God, what what car do you want me to drive? And And he felt led to drive his company car. So he gets in his company car, leaves his house. He's on his way to the hospital. And there is someone who, I don't know if they were tired or drunk, but they were driving on the other side of the highway, jumped the median, hit this man head on. This man, I mean, goes through tremendous, tremendous uh, issues. I mean, because the car, the company car was totaled. Um, He was hurt. He's still alive, uh, praise God, but was hurt in a tremendous way, didn't make it to the hospital to see the birth of the baby, was taken to the hospital because the accident was that bad. But interestingly enough, the person who hit him only had uh, about $25,000 of of personal injury kind of coverage on the car that they were driving and hit him. On his personal vehicle, had he been driving it, he only had $25,000 of personal injury coverage on his personal vehicle. On his company car, though, because it was a company vehicle, they had a million dollars worth of personal injury coverage. So because he drove his company car, that million dollars of coverage was able to take care of medical bills and to pay him for the number of weeks that he was not working. So just that small prayer of, God, what what car do you want me to drive? was the difference between basically $975,000. And so I say that to you because God does want to show us what to do. He does, and he will sometimes show us through his word, or he'll just nudge us in a particular direction. And that's what God does with David. David says, God, what what should I do? Should I attack them? Will you give me victory? And and God responds to David, and God says, "Go, go into battle. Go into battle. Go into battle. I got your back. I will deliver them into your hands. Now, at that point, because God had spoken, David had what he needed to act in faith. Because remember, faith come by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. What does that mean for you and I? It means we have to have a word from God in order to act in faith. Now, I got to take a second and, and, and really unpack this because There are a lot of misunderstandings about faith. You know, people say, oh, I have faith. And a lot of people think that faith is just 
stepping out into nothingness. No, faith is not stepping into the void. Faith stands on the Word of God. David asked God, God, what what should I do? God responds, and once God tells him what to do, David and his men are no longer moving on presumption. It, It is no longer guesswork. And that's what I want you to understand. You don't have to dream up faith. You don't have to conjure up faith. When you have a word from God, then you, can, then you can have the faith that you need to act in faith. Because faith come by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Now, what's interesting about this is it says that what the Philistines did is they raided the, the valley of Rephaim. This is where they go to take up their battle positions. And uh, that word Rephaim literally means giants. So they go and they take up battle position in the valley of giants because the Philistines were trying to intimidate David. But we know that David has defeated giants before. So what this means is David could have been overconfident. He could have said, oh, oh so they're going to you know, try to intimidate me? I've dealt with giants before. I've, I've, I've toppled Goliaths before. And, and with that level of overconfidence, David could have easily rushed right into battle, but he didn't do that. First thing he did was he talked to God. God, what do you want me to do? And this is huge because David was not a wimpy king. I mean, David was was a man's man. He had a proven track record of, of battles and victory. I mean, David, in some respects, almost loved to go to battle. Uh, one of my favorite accounts is in 1 Samuel 18, when David hears what will happen, um, you know, if uh, the individual goes into battle, Saul promises that, that the victor um, will be able to marry uh, his daughter. And I love it. In 1 Samuel 18 and verse 25, Saul replies, Say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And when the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's, the king's son-in-law. So before the allotted time had elapsed, David took his men with him and went out and killed 200 Philistines. Saul only asked for 100. David killed 200 and brought back their foreskins. They they counted out the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter Michael in marriage. And so David just says, I know you only wanted 100, but, you know, I'm so good at this that I'm going to kill 200 just, just for the sport of it. I mean, so David was not a weak man. He was a man's man. But with all of this skill and with all of this ability, with his proven track record of defeating giants, defeating Philistines, it would make sense, right, that he just rushed into battle. But that's not what he did. He stopped and he talked to God first because it wasn't just about skill. It wasn't just about strength. It was about faith. David wanted to make sure that he heard from God first. Can you imagine this scene, right? Imagine this scene. David's men hear that the Philistines are ready to attack. And his men are like, all right, it's going down. Get your sword, get your shield, get ready, you know, put, put on your armor. But then they see David kind of walking off and getting with the Lord. And I'm sure the, new, the newbies are probably like, what's, what's up with them? And I'm sure those that have been with him for a little while probably said, oh, that's just what he does. He's going to hear from the Lord, and once God speaks, he's going to come back and tell us, and and, and we're going to win. I believe that that's probably what took place. But what does this mean for us? It means that you and I 
will not really have the breakthroughs that we want to have in our life. I'm talking about real and lasting breakthroughs unless we have faith. And we will not have faith unless we've heard from God. This means in addition to spending regular, consistent time with God before you rush into anything, even if it appears easy, you got to pull aside and hear from him. Faith is not blind. Faith always relies on the word of God. This is, in fact, why Psalm 119 in verse 105 literally says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. It literally means, and this goes back to the Bible days, people would have, have lamps and, and the lamp would literally only light enough for them to take the next step. They couldn't see the whole road ahead. And the Bible says that's kind of what the word does for us, that, that the word of God is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path, meaning that, that you've always got to be leaning to hear his ear because his word will give you what you need for the next step, but then you got to get another word for the step after that. So when God gives us a word, we have enough light just to take the next step, which means we've always got to be attuned to what he's saying. I want to show you something. Let's pick it back up at verse 11 of 1 Chronicles 14. It says, so David and his men went up to Baal Perazim, and there he defeated them. And he said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Bel Perazim. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, and David gave orders to burn them in the fire. The name of that place is important, Bel Perazim. It means literally, the literal translation is master of breakthroughs. Now let me unpack this. Bel was an idol god, and you, you see people worshiping uh, this idol god Bel uh, throughout the Old Testament, uh, Elijah has a showdown with, with those who worship Baal, and, and you, see, you see this in the Old Testament. Baal was an idol god, and the place where the battle takes place between the Philistines and David was a place where they stored a lot of their idols. In fact, there was an idol temple right there. And so the Philistines choose that place to have the battle because that's where they felt the strongest. And that's a huge, huge point for us. It's a big point of application for us because the application is this. Even in the places where the enemy thinks that he is the strongest, that is the exact place where God wants to give breakthrough. I love that. And so what I want to ask you tonight is where are those areas in your own life? What are those areas? That the enemy may think this is my spot, this is where I'm entrenched, because I've been here all of this time, this is why I'm the strongest. In that very place, or maybe places plural, that's where God wants to bring the greatest breakthrough. God is the master of breakthrough, but it requires faith. Here's the second and last thing that I want to share with you tonight. Not only does it require faith, number one, but number two, it requires work. It requires work. It does require faith. But faith by itself is not enough. Now, I know that may be a shocking statement, but let me unpack that. First of all, let me be clear that our salvation comes by faith alone, right? We are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But if we want real lasting breakthrough in addition to faith, you do need work. This is what James 2 and 17 is talking about when, when it says, thus also by faith, itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The King James translation says faith without works is dead. 
Why is this important? Because a person can walk around saying, oh, I believe God, I believe God, and I've heard this over and over and over again. I believe him, I believe him, pastor, I believe God, I believe his word, and they still have no breakthrough in their life. James even goes on and says, well, okay, you believe, this is James 2.19, you believe that there is one God, well, good. He says, but even the demons believe that and shudder. He's literally saying, if all you do is believe God, then you're really no different um, than the demons. He says the demons even believe God. The difference is that there has to be action to your belief. So many individuals have said, oh, I just, I believe, I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for this. And the question is, okay, is there work that is going along with your belief? Because without that, belief by itself is not enough. You've got to put action to your faith. Some of you have heard me say on numerous occasions, it is not how much words you know, it's how much words you do. Talking about breakthrough, the difference between breakthrough and no breakthrough is it's not how much words you know, it's how much words you do. So David received the word from God. God says, go and attack them. I will give you victory. I'm going to give them into your hands. But what does he have to do? He has to act on the word of God. And the same thing that is required for David, it's required for us. So let's pick the story back up. Let, let's go back to 1 Chronicles 14 and let's pick it up at verse 13. It says, once more the Philistines raided the valley. So David inquired of God again and God answered him. So the Philistines are defeated. Then they, they launch another attack. So it says, once more the Philistines raided the valley what does David do? What he did before. He inquired of God, God, what do you want me to do? And God answered him. But notice how God answered him this time. Do not go directly after them, but circle around them and attack in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move out to battle because that will mean that God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as God commanded him, and he struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Jezer. So David's fame spread throughout every land, and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Now, now I love this because first and foremost, you got to deal with the fact that God gives David an interesting word, right? David says, God, what do you want me to do? And then when God responds, God says, when you hear the sound of marching, in the tops of the poplar trees. That's an interesting word. That's kind of one of those words you're like, okay, God, did I really hear you? See, sometimes the test of your faith is what do you do when God speaks, but what he says to you doesn't make any sense? That's sometimes the greatest test of your faith. Now, can you even imagine what David's troops thought when he told them? David comes to them, they see him kind of pull off and have time with God, and he comes back, and they say, all right, we're ready. All right, we got our stuff. What did God say? Well, God said we got to not go after them, but circle around the back, and then we're going to wait because when we hear the sound of marching at the top of the poplar tree, can you imagine what his troops said? What? He said, well, what does the sound of the marching in poplar trees even sound like anyway? That's significant. And sometimes we will miss God because what he says to us is so counter to anything that we're comfortable with. 
I mean, the sound of marching in poplar trees, I don't even know what that sound sounds like. So in essence, God is leading them to do something for which they have no frame of reference. What do you do when God tells you to do something that is so out of your comfort zone that doesn't make sense to you and doesn't make sense to the people that you're doing life with? How do you handle that? That's a whole nother message, a whole nother time, but that can happen. It's happened a number of times in my own life. And when God speaks, what he's waiting on is whether or not we're going to act on what he said, even when it doesn't make sense. One of the biggest mistakes that we make is we want to rationalize. We want God to explain everything to us before we act. That's not faith. God gives the word. We've got to respond. But you know what? This is also why hearing from God is so important, because I want you to see this. In that moment, everything changed. The enemy didn't change. The Philistines are the same, right? David and his men didn't change. They are the same. But the plan of God changed that quickly. From one battle to the next, in the blink of an eye, the plan of God changed that quickly. This is why you don't always just do what you've always been doing. This is why the worst thing you could do is to say, well, this is what we did last time, so this is what we sung last year. This is the way we approached it uh, five years ago. This is the way I've always been doing it, so it must work. No, in a blink of an eye, God could have something totally different for us to do. This is why you always got to keep your ear to, to him. One of the most tragic verses in all of the Bible for me is in the story of uh, Samson. You know, and Samson and Delilah and the hair issue. And after his hair is cut, he wakes up one day and hears that the enemy's attacking him. And this is the saddest verse in all of Scripture to me. One of the saddest. It says that, that Samson shook himself and went out and did not know that the Lord was no longer with him. That Samson wakes up, says, oh, the enemy's coming? All right, let me do what I've always done. I've always been strong. I've always been able to get the victory. And, and didn't even stop and say, God, are you here? Is this what you want me to do? And we know the end of that story was tragic because he ended up being defeated, eyes gouged out. It's just tragic. But this is why you've got to pause and say, God, what are you saying right now? Because that quickly, it changed. God said, no, I don't want you to handle this battle just like you handled the last one. Circle around, go around the back, listen for the sound of marching in the top of poplar trees. But even in this, it took more than just faith. It took action. David had to tell the men. He had to lead the men, and they had to get in position. So look at this. David could have done what he did before, right? And if he had taken that approach and just approached this battle like he had approached the last battle, he would have been defeated. David, David could have said, I'm not going to do that. That's strange. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me, God and he would have been defeated. You know, sometimes, I really believe this, we are defeated because of inaction. Sometimes we're defeated because it doesn't make sense to us or we don't like what God said, and so we're just not going to move. And even in that moment, if David had handled it that way, he would have been defeated. See, there are many paths to defeat, but there's only one path to victory and breakthrough, and that's God's way. As a matter of fact, let me give you another word for works because faith without works is dead. Let me give you another word for, for, for works. Obedience. Obedience. 
Meaning when God speaks to us, we have to obey what he says. I mean, in, in a simple definition of obedience is just this. Do what God says. Very simple. Not hard, not complicated. Obey what you hear God telling you to do. This is what Jesus is teaching in Matthew 7. I'm out of time, but I want to share this with you as I get ready to close. In Matthew 7 and verse 24, notice this really quickly. Jesus is, is talking about this same issue. And he says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And watch this. The wise man that Jesus is talking about hears the voice of God and obeys him. The foolish man also hears the voice of God, but the foolish man felt like doing whatever he wanted to do. And so he built his house on sand, and when the storm came and the wind blew and, and, and all of that happened, it fell apart. Now here's the deeper revelation to this passage. Sand are pieces of rock. Sand are particles of rock. So when Jesus says that one man built his house on a rock, it means that he did everything that God told him to do. The man who built his house on sand just takes pieces. He picks and chooses. Oh, I'm going to do that, but I don't want to do that. I'm going to do a little bit of this, but I won't do that. And when you build on sand, meaning you hear, but you are not obedient to everything God tells you to do, the storm is going to come and the house is ultimately going to tumble down. So faith requires work, action, and it must be the action of obedience. So as I close, let me go back to where I started. If you want breakthrough in your finances, for example, you got to do more than just pray about it. Praying is the first step. God, I'm talking to you because I want to hear from you. But then when God speaks, you got to do what he says. You got to tithe, you got to spend within your limit, you got to manage your money, you got to get on a budget. For example, if you want breakthrough in your family, you got to do more than just pray about it. You, you definitely want to put your ear to God's lips. God, talk to me, tell me what to do, how to handle this. But when he speaks, you got to do what he says. You got to invest in your family, you got to work to communicate better, you got to listen, you got to love them as Christ loved you, you got to forgive. You got to make it up in your mind that you're not going to walk away. If you want breakthrough in your career, you got to do more than just pray about it. That's the start. Put your ear to God's lips. God, talk to me. How should I handle this? But then when he speaks, you got to do what he says. Be faithful over a few things. Honor and pray for those in authority over you. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Esteem others higher than yourself. Focus on serving instead of being served. When God speaks, you got to do what he says. So it's, it's faith, get this in your notes, and works. It's, it's listening and obeying. Not one without the other. It's faith and works. It's listening and obeying. 
We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.